Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. I invite you to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, as always, so we can pray for one another. Let's delve into God's Word. Let's put ourselves in His presence now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come to us, Lord God, with your consolation and your strength. We live in dark times, but your Word is always a light. We live in times in which many things cause us sadness, but your Word is always a cause joy and in the midst of many disturbances lord in our nation and in our world we welcome your word which is our peace because your word is your son jesus christ we thank you father we repent of our sins we ask your grace that we may always say no to temptation and that may we may live in the peace and joy of god's children filled with his spirit your spirit sent from you and your son who is always with us. Lead us, indeed, to life eternal. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too, go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, he found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too, go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. Well, friends, this passage relates to God's gift of salvation to the world. And there's also a derivative lesson here about the church's teaching on social justice. As far as salvation goes, you know, you think of the parable of the uh, prodigal son. 
the issue wasn't simply, or the lesson wasn't simply that the son was forgiven. The lesson is, how about the son who stayed faithful, was always at home, and then he's resentful when the prodigal son is welcomed back and is given a feast. Oh, ah, you never gave a feast to me. You, you, uh, you, 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 you kill the fattened calf when this son of yours comes back. He wasn't ready to celebrate with joy the joy that the father had on welcoming back what had been lost but now was found. And this can be the case with those who remain faithful, whether we are talking about the chosen people of Israel or we're talking about ourselves in the Christian faith or the Catholic Church. Let's say we always grew up with the faith. We never strayed away. And then we think about the people who do stray away or those of us who work in the pro-life movement. And we think about those who used to be abortionists or those who uh, had abortions. And it's like, do we have the generosity of God to be able to welcome back those who stray and have them receive the same gift of salvation and eternal life. That's what God is trying to say here. Share my generous heart. Rejoice with me because I, your God, rejoice in pouring out blessings and salvation upon my people. Don't be envious that somebody else finds forgiveness and salvation. This too is the story of Jonah. The reason he ended up in the belly of the whale wasn't just some kind of, you know, strange thing that happened, he didn't want to go on his mission of proclaiming repentance to Nineveh. He was afraid because he said, well, what if they repent and God blesses them? God says to him, that's exactly what I want to do. And later on, he, he, he does fulfill his mission. He preaches to them. They do repent. They do get God's forgiveness. And God says to him, don't be mad about that. Be happy about that. God is the God of generous mercy and salvation. So we must share it with others. We have to be generous in the way we think about others, in the way we think about those who have sinned worse than we have. There's nothing, nothing worse. I mean, aside from the failure to trust God, God really reacts badly in Scripture to those who fail to trust Him, but also those who fail to rejoice in His generosity. That's... that's, that's you know, we hold other people to their past sins, keep them frozen in the past, look down on them. How about sharing the mindset of God and generously welcoming the sinner who repents? All right, so that's the first and fundamental lesson here. The Jews who rejected Christ, uh, then, they, then God went to the, the, and Paul and the preachers of the gospel went to the Gentiles and they started coming in filled with the Holy Spirit as well. This is what God is trying to say. You know, those that uh, uh, are coming into the kingdom. Remember, Jesus said in a number of other parables that, that prostitutes are coming into the kingdom of God and, and, and uh, children of Abraham are being, being excluded because they didn't accept the Son of God with faith. And the Lord says to those who are always with him, don't be envious because I'm generous. Be generous yourselves, and let's all enjoy the gift of salvation. Now, when it comes to the church's teaching on social justice, the goods of the earth have been given by God for the benefit of everyone. And yet, Scripture and the church acknowledge 
the, the, the reality of private ownership, private property. And fairness, see, here in this parable, fairness is being confused with generosity. The men who worked all day were treated fairly. They agreed on the daily wage. They got the daily wage. That's fairness. They weren't treated unfairly. Fairness doesn't mean equity. See, we have in our, in our society today a confusion between equality and equity. Equality means equality of opportunity, that everybody should have the opportunity. Everybody is of equal dignity, and everyone should have the opportunity to pursue academic careers, pursue employment opportunities, pursue work, hard work, creativity. You want to invent something, invent something. Why? Because what you might get because of that invention is going to be yours. There's a motivation there to be creative. Uh, uh, there have been so many inventions coming out of America more than any other country because we believe in equality of opportunity. Anyone can go up the ladder of society. You work hard, you follow the rules, you don't commit crimes, and you, no characteristic about you like the color of your skin, your national origin, your religious or political beliefs, nothing of that should get in the way of you having the same opportunity as everybody else to succeed in academia. You want to get into good educational institutions, work hard, be smart, learn, study. You want to get into good uh, job opportunities. You want to be an entrepreneur yourself, start a business. Everybody should have the equal opportunities. That doesn't mean there's going to be equal outcomes. Look at the, 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 the master here. He was generous with his own money in paying those that were standing around idle all day as if they had worked for the whole day. Why? Not because of fairness, but because of generosity. First of all, it's showing that the dignity of the human person is expressed in work. You know, one of the key questions of this parable is uh, when, he, when he, he sees uh, these people standing around, and he says, why do you stand here idle all day? That's an important question of God. He's not rewarding idleness. And he's not distributing to these men who were idle the wealth that belonged to the others. He didn't take away from the others to give to them. He didn't redistribute the wealth. He was generous with what is his own. And he said to those who got their pay, take what is your own. So there's private ownership here. There's generosity, but there's not equity. It's not like, okay, you know, let's, let's get everybody together here now, the ones who worked and the ones who didn't work, and hey, it's okay that you didn't work. You can be lazy if you want, and I'm just going to redistribute all this wealth. This is not this at all. First of all, he asks the question, why are you standing idle all day? We are meant to work. Work is actually an expression of our union with God. God is the creator. And then you notice in scripture when he, when he created human beings, he gave them dominion over the earth. Master and subdue it, he said. We make things. The, the equipment that I'm using now to talk to you and that you're using now to receive uh, these programs, somebody made this. Somebody worked hard to invent these things. 
and they reap the benefit. We're, work is, a, is an aspect of human dignity. It's an aspect of being in the image of God. So why are you standing here idle all day? In that question is God's call to us to be active, to be fruitful, to be productive. Okay. And then he's generous to them because he's generous. Not because people don't deserve what is theirs. Instead, nowadays, we've got this notion of equity, which is a disincentive to work, because people look at and say, why should, I make, why should I work hard to get into an educational institution? Why should I work hard and study hard if in the end those that get in, and by the way, our Supreme Court just recently ruled against this affirmative action stuff, saying, oh, well, we know we have to bring into the school X number of uh, uh, people of all these different races, never mind their qualifications. Even the, the current administration in Washington is appointing people to key positions in the government more because of this diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's have a, a, you know, a, a multi-ethnic, multi-racial, varied background of officials running the federal government agencies no, it shouldn't be that. That's the criteria. It should be qualifications. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have qualified people from any ethnic background. Of course, we're not saying that. But what we're saying is do it on merit-based, qualification-based standards. Lest what the Supreme Court said was to get into educational institutions, you don't block the way for those that have worked hard to qualify to enter simply because somebody else is of a different ethnic origin and whether they qualify to enter or not, we're going to let them in because we have to have a certain uh, diversity and equity and inclusion. Nonsense. Do it based on merit. Everyone should have the equal opportunity to work hard and get there, but work hard because then you have the incentive. If I work hard, I'm going to get into the best institutions. I want to get the best jobs. If I have something to contribute to the nation, I, I, I can get into the nation, too, based on a, a merit-based immigration system. This is what the, the proper way of approaching social justice is. Instead of saying, okay, go ahead and be creative and work like crazy and invent something that is spectacular, but then instead of being able to reap the fruits of your labor, we're going to take your money, we're going to distribute it to everybody else. Don't make that mistake. The master here didn't redistribute the wealth of those that worked all day and got the full day's wage. He didn't do that. He gave the people that were hired later out of his own money and his own generosity. And so we're all called to be generous as well. We had a lot of confusion in society today about all this. And we've got to make sure that people are given the incentive, that our young people are given the incentive to achieve, to win, to be creative, and to know that they will get what is their due. We don't want them to be lazy. We don't want to reward laziness. You sit around and, and you sit around all day, you don't want to work, and you know, we're going to hand things to you on a silver platter anyway. That is not God's way or the Christian way. It's not that these people were lazy who got hired at the end of the day.
Notice what they said. We're standing here because nobody hired us. Let's give everyone the opportunity to work, to develop their God-given talents, to serve the Lord and the community. Let us pray. Lord God, we do pray today for true equality in our nation, not to be confused with equity. We pray for true fairness, not to be confused with the generosity that leads us over and above to give to others out of our love. Lord, set us straight as a society, as individuals, and continue, Lord God, to inspire us to defend the rights of all, the property of all, the opportunity of all. Enable us, Lord, to understand your word, understand the teachings of your church on, on social justice, on economic justice. Enable us, Lord God, furthermore, to help the poor. Enable us to reach out to the needy. Enable us to bring proper and true inclusion of all our brothers and sisters to the opportunities they should have in this society, regardless of any other criteria. And enable, Lord God, those who are struggling in any way to, to, to experience your help and the help of the Christian community as they make their way forward. Lord God, we also pray for the sick, bring healing and blessing to those who need you in their time of, of sickness. Enable us to help those within our own circles of influence who may be ill. Enable us, Lord God, to just continue to serve as you serve and love us. We pray for all our leaders. We pray for all those who are running for public office in these upcoming elections. We pray for wisdom for the voters. We pray that all may be involved in that process of electing our leaders. We pray for President Trump and all those who work for the greatness of America. And we pray, Lord God, for the children in the womb, that they may have equal opportunity at life by having protection, that they may be born, and that they may fulfill the vocation you have given them from all eternity. And we sum up all our prayers, Lord God, and our praises in offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our heavenly mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, friends, great to have you with us, and uh, spread the word about these programs. And would you also please consider supporting our ministry? We need your assistance. You can go to ProLifeGift.org, or you can call us, 321-500-1000. 321-500-1000 and ask about ways that you can assist us. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. All of us involved with this ministry are very committed to praying for you and your intentions every day. That is why Priests for Life has set up a special website, prayerintentions.org. 
I want to invite you to go there today and let us know what your prayer needs are and the needs of your loved ones. The Priests for Life team will lift up all those intentions to the Lord, and we will ask you to pray for us as well. Go to prayerintentions.org. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.